Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. There are sometimes couples that go together just like, well, let's say ham and eggs or steak and cheese or Clooney and Damon. You know where I'm coming from. They've made a new movie. It's called Suburbicon. Alex First, hello there. Are they BFF? I I think they may be. You know, I really? think that they may be super-duper best buds. Okay. Oh, well, that makes sense. So, in other words, it's no... Because we go back to Goodwill Hunting, and wasn't it Matt Damon and the guy who got in trouble with yeah, his the, wife? Yeah, the other guy. Yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who was married to Jennifer Garner. Yes. Oh, come on. Ben Affleck. I mean, I... <laughs> What, what, is he a persona non grata or something? Is that why we're not mentioning his name? Yeah, or have we both forgotten about it? Oh, I think we've possibly both forgotten about it for a moment there. I didn't know where you were okay. going. I was in Clooney mode. But maybe oh, maybe enough. Matt Damon's one of these people who just changes his best friend every few years. But, I mean, I, I wondered, because Grant Heslov, the producing partner of Clooney as well, is, is he a BFF? I mean, what constitutes a BFF? You know how at school, oh, he's my best friend, she's my best friend, can you only have one best friend? Because the, the by virtue of the word best, it has to be one. Well, by virtue of the word best, yes, the best means best, top of the list. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't have, you can't have something that is almost unique. No, you can't. That's true. Yes, tautology personified. Yeah. Yes, but but it's it's fascinating how hashtag BFF is sort of one of the most used. Hashtags, and I mean, people also talk about BFF now, like in acronyms. Yeah, drives me nuts. Yeah. Sad, <laughs> it? it is really. It's sort of the 150 text message. Oh well, sum up the whole thing in 150 text messages. Why? Who decided on 150 te- 150 characters rather? Uh, Who I decided think, I think on the, that? I think the technology did. Oh, did it? Yeah, okay, I think cool. it was a technology decision. I, look, I could look it up, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion, Alex. And this is one of the things I've worked out from years of doing movie reviews with you. When you start talking about anything but the movie, it generally means you weren't terribly taken by the film I'm meant to be talking no, about. No, 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 not at all. I'm just, I, I, it just, you know, it suddenly went there. I, yeah. I had no intention of doing so. The beauty part is talking to you. <laughs> leads me down the garden path yeah. so often. Right. Now, so, so were you taken by Suburbicon? I thought more of it than other people did. That, right. That's certainly the case. In fact, I would call this, well, Elements of Fargo, which I thought was an extraordinary motion picture, and The Stepford Wives. Cross those two, add strong racial undercurrent, and they're the hallmarks of this latest collaboration between not only Clooney and Heslov, but also the Coen brothers. Right? So what we have here is that, pardon me, Clo- Clooney and Heslov have rewritten an old, unproduced Coen Brothers screenplay. And Suburbicon, by the way, is a picture-perfect 1950s suburb. 
where the best and worst of humanity is reflected through the deeds of ordinary people. And Damon plays this seemingly model husband and father by the name of Gardner Lodge. Seems like a house, but it's a name. All right. He lives with his wife, Rose, that's Julianne Moore, and their young son, Nicky, played by a newcomer called Noah Jupe, J-U-P-E. Now, Rose hasn't been herself since she was wheelchair-bound in a car accident. The vehicle was driven by her husband, who she holds responsible for her condition. So what happens is that Rose has an identical twin sister called Margaret, also played by Julianne Moore, and she helps out around the house, eventually becomes a permanent resident. I was wondering where they'd found someone who looked like Julianne Moore, so, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I don't believe... I think she's done a twin before. I seem to have read that somewhere. But anyway, the Lodge family, this is the the family of Matt Damon, their calm facade is shattered when a couple of street hoods, one Ira, the other one Louis, Ira's played by Glenn Fleshley. He's in True Detective. Yeah, and also Louis Alex Hassel from Cold Mountain. These, These two guys invade the lodge home in the middle of the night and the break-in takes a tragic turn. So events escalate from there. Now, if you think about the time frame, in the decade following the Second World War, America's emerging middle class was moving to the burbs. I mean, there was sort of idyllic, affordable homes in, in planned communities. And for many, the American dream of owning a home was actually becoming a reality for the first time. So according to George Clooney, you could get a job, live in a nice neighbourhood, start a family, as long as you were white. Ah. So he had fun peeling back that veneer of the perfect home life, seeing how ugly things can get. And Clooney and Hesloff were writing a script based upon events that unfolded in a place called Levertown in Pennsylvania. Can't say I've heard of Levertown. Clooney came across this documentary that was done in 1957, titled Crisis in Levertown which was the true story of what happened when William and Daisy Myers became the first African-American couple to relocate there. The day the Myers moved in, the mailman assumed Mrs. Myers was the maid and asked her if Mrs. Myers was home. And when she explained she was Mrs. Myers, the mailman took it upon himself to go door to door, calling himself the Paul Revere of Levittown. <laughs> asking everyone, have you met your new neighbours? And by that night, there are about 500 people on their lawn shouting racial epitaphs, hanging Confederate flags and burning a cross on the lawn next door. Oh, what fun. Yeah, exactly. So now around this time, when they were working on their Levittown idea, Clooney recalled the script from the Coen brothers that they'd sent to him in 1999 called Suburbicon. And it was this comedy thriller... Similar themes to Fargo and Burn After Reading. Hapless characters making really bad decisions. And they thought they'd like to take something and make something a little bit less funny and a lot angrier. So they took the existing Suburbicon script, set it in Levertown during the week the Myers moved in. There you go. There's your backdrop to Suburbicon. All right. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. 
Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. You're listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Now, look, the mood in the film set from the get-go, Chris, Suburbicon was merely a real estate dream when it started, and that was 1947. I was immediately taken by the colour palette in this movie and the period detail. The action takes place once the suburb has actually spread its wings a little, so 12 years later, and all is not as rosy as it seems. In fact, the opening scene shows that trouble is brewing. That's when the postie welcomes the new neighbours whose antipathy is worn like a badge of honour. Right, you get that. And it takes a while to figure out what's going down here and the twists keep you guessing to a point. But midway through, by then, a great deal has been signalled. You you really know where this is heading, even if the way they get there may be in doubt. I actually appreciated the deliberately disingenuous performances of Matt Damon and Julianne Moore. They're sort of working on, quote, unquote, living the dream. And Oscar Isaac is in this one as well, hams it up as an insurance investigator. But it it does lack subtlety and nuance. I mean, it's got a heaviness of touch. Although I did appreciate the dark humour surrounding it because that's the sort of movie it is. I kind of feel George Clooney can make good movies as a director, Mm -hmm. right? But he can also do some duds. What was the, um, I'm just trying to think of, the Monuments Men. That was was pretty horrible, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, it just didn't work, which is really unfortunate because, as I say, I... I, I know that Clooney can do this well. But he did Good Night and Good Luck, which was awesome. Well, that was one that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that was that was really his zenith when it came to directing. Oh, jeez, I hope I, it wasn't because it was only about his second or third director's credits. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, I mean, sometimes that's the way it is. The Ides of, Mar- the Ides of March, that was all right, right? Yeah. That, that, that was okay, but it wasn't didn't get the same, yeah. yeah, yeah but if, if you hit your zenith with you know, your, your second movie, um, yeah, you've got problems with, with a directorial career for a few more decades to come. Yeah, you do. look, it was, it was a great, it was a black and white movie, if you remember. Yeah. That one as well. It was a great film, really good film. So, look, I, I, as I said, I reckon I'm going to enjoy it more than some others because I did. I, I didn't think it was a bad film. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, Suburbicon. And just in case you're playing at home and trying to work out what else did Julianne Moore play twins in, it was a soap opera. Do you remember which soap opera, Alex? Nah. As the World Turns. Oh, gee, I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. Did you? (laughs) Were you sitting there pouring over every episode? God, no. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows.